Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. It's the new criminal law sexual offences bill for 2023, and that might not mean uh, an awful lot to a lot of people, but it aims to strengthen laws around sexual offences and to improve protection for victims of human trafficking. But one of the interesting and I suppose somewhat maybe controversial elements of this, and it's been talked about in, in recent days, is that where a person provides a character reference for somebody convicted of a sexual offence, for something something like rape, that they could possibly be cross-examined in the courts over that character reference that they've submitted. And this is under uh, under the proposed new laws. And I want to chat about that today. Is that something that you would agree with? Barry Ward is a Fine Gael senator, but he's also a criminal barrister. Barry, you might just in the first instance outline where character references and when they're used. Yeah, thanks, Andrea. Well, essentially, this only comes in, obviously, when somebody's been convicted of the offence. They've either been convicted by a jury or they've pleaded guilty. And after that, there is a sentence hearing. So the judge will hear all of the facts from the case, that is exactly what happened. And then there is what's called a plea in mitigation. So the defence barrister will outline the factors that I suppose would hope to reduce the sentence. So the person's past history, for example, so previous convictions are obviously a very serious consideration in sentencing. But also, um, you know, whether they were somebody who was contributing to society, whether they were somebody who has other good things that go in their favour. And judges are obliged to assess mitigating and aggravating factors that are called. The mitigating factors reduce the sentence, aggravating factors increase the sentence. So as part of that, very often what will happen is a defence uh, barrister will call a somebody who knows the person or maybe their employer, maybe the, the chair of the local GAA club, the local parish priest, whatever it might be, somebody who knows them, who can speak up for them and say, oh, look, you know, Barry's actually, you know, I know he's done this t- thing, but he's actually a good guy. He's done X, Y, Z. He's helped with particular projects in the local community, whatever it is. And it has been like that for a very long time. What's happened recently is that particularly in the context of sexual offences and serious sexual offences, you mentioned rape, for example, um, there has been a feeling on the victim's side that they're sitting in court very often and they're hearing this person standing up and extolling the virtues of the person who has raped them and they feel it's very unfair because they feel there are aspects of that 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 need to be contradicted or there are aspects of that that need to be challenged. And before Mm. this, there was never a mechanism for doing that. This bill will bring in, and it's something that's been pushed very hard by my colleague, Senator Regina Doherty, um, that there has to be a mechanism for the prosecution barrister to say, well, hang on a second, you say Barry's a great lad, but what about this? Mm. Didn't he do this? Didn't he fiddle the t- whatever it might be? Um, you know, there's isn't an opportunity that relevant? Now isn't, the that, isn't, isn't that relevant though, Barry, that that should happen? Yeah, and, and what I would say in fairness is up to now, if something was said in the course of a character reference that was blatantly untrue, it would have been open to the prosecution to, to say, well, actually, there's an issue here. It would have been very, very unusual. But what this law does is it brings it a step further and it allows the person who stands up and says, John is a great fella, to say, well, is he a great fella? Do you not see what he has done or whatever it is? And that's all part of a very strong move by Minister Helen McEntee towards defending victims' rights in particular and making sure that they know that they are heard by the court because it's, you know, the system it, it works for a whole range of people. Obviously, defendants 
victims have rights and, and representation. But victims are an incredibly important part of our criminal justice system. And this is a move to make sure that they're heard by the judge who's ultimately going to decide on the sentence for that person. So it's, it's a proportionate response to that need. Um, it means that the prosecution gets a chance to say, well, just let's hold on a second with all the virtues that he or she has. Mm. Let's look at it this way. And they get a chance to put forward a different narrative in the course of that, of that character reference. Uh, Nolene Blackwell's the CEO of the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre, Barry. No- Nolene's also with us on the line. Do you think character witnesses or character references, should they face cross-examination, Nolene? Yeah, so so what is proposed here is that anyone who's going to give a reference like that into a court will have to take it very seriously because they'll have to give the evidence on oath. Uh, right now, you will often have a situation, Andrea, where somebody will hand in reams of references. They will often even be prototypes. A defendant might even go out and say, this is what I want you to write. In rel- and, and, and in order to facilitate uh, the convicted defendant, uh, some people might feel under pressure to write uh, write in just this uh, really good fellow mm. um, or this a great person works well with children or something and we could be because we accompany people to court we yeah. could be sitting beside somebody sitting there saying that is literally not true um, and and really not seeing a way of being able to contradict it so what the, the legislation that's proposed now would say that, first of all, this evidence should be given on oath, either in person in the court or more more normally people just send in um, a, a document. And that document will be an affidavit, so a sworn document, which means that people have to be really careful about what they say about somebody else. And that in itself will be a useful thing. And then, as Barry says, they will be allowed as well. It means that they can be cross-examined if there is a concern uh, at the, that the evidence being presented is simply not correct or is taken out of context. And that hasn't been the case before. Uh, there's, a, there's a huge sort of division in, in the legal world around the value of these character references at all. A lot of lawyers would say they don't matter at all. But the reality is they must mean something because defendants and those who are convicted of uh, sexual offences will try to get these references to impress a judge well, or to to sway a sentence. Well, I, 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 now I would they're have, being asked to do it very, yeah. very formally. Yeah. Well, I, sorry, Nolan, I, I, I would have, and Barry, maybe that's a question for you. I mean, to my mind, I would have assumed that character references are of great importance to the criminal uh, defence solicitor or a barrister, particularly for, for, as you mentioned, mitigating factors. That's where the common yeah, to play. it's exactly that. It's about putting before the court things that might not be part of the sentencing, the evidence presented by the prosecution. Um, you know people do awful things sometimes that are convicted of terrible offences. It doesn't mean that they have no redeeming features. It doesn't mean that there's nothing that can be said in their defence. But Nolene is right. Um, A lot of judges would say that they pay relatively scant regard to what somebody who might only know the person in passing says. But there are some references that might hold a great deal of weight. There might be an employer, for example, who's a very well-known person uh, who stands up and says, or or, as Nolene says, more often than not, writes a letter that's put before the court and therefore can't be questioned on it. But they might say, well, actually, John has been an incredible person and he's done this amount of work for charity. He's helped us in this way and that way and the other. 
And that, of course, could carry weight. And all this proposal is, and when I say all, I mean it's, it's an important departure because it hasn't been the case before now. It's an opportunity, as Nolene says, if there's something in that that somebody says, well, that's not correct, uh, and it's, or it's out of context, or it doesn't tell the full story, or something like that, there's now an opportunity to, to make that person a little bit more accountable. But um, I, w- I would have said that if anything were ever said in a sentence hearing before, which the prosecution knew, knew to be untrue, they would have an opportunity to contradict it. This formalises that process. And it means that there is actually a procedure where the person who has made the statement can be brought before the court and essentially that statement be tested in the same way that evidence in a trial would be tested. They can be cross-examined on it. And what it is about is um, ensuring that there is balance in the process and that a sentence hearing is fair insofar as it represents the truth of the situation rather than just the opinions mm. of people who might think so-and-so is a great person. Uh, 87 106 is the number. I, I know for it's, 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 it's not usually something people tend to think a great deal about until you if you're in the unfortunate position to find yourself in a situation where uh, you're listening to a character reference being read out in court by uh, for you know in in defence of of um, of the defendant and and in the other instance I think we we read about these stories from time to time where often or previously politicians or GAA officials or somebody has been asked to write a character reference for X Y or Z and they do so and 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 then there's you know controversy and discussion and discourse when it appears in in the local papers and and that's why I suppose this change that we're talking about today. Day, um, I wonder will it actually, you know, perhaps put an end to that? I wonder would this, would the cross examination element, deter people in the future from even giving character references? Like, is that is that a possibility, Nolene? In your view, people now might be yes, deterred. It probably is, and and uh, of course, uh, as, uh, as Senator Barry Ward said, his colleague Senator Regina Doherty was a, a moving force in bringing this forward, as were her colleagues, Senator Lisa Chambers and Senator Pauline O'Reilly. So the three government parties, the, the leaders of the three government parties in the Shannon, all combined to do this. And one of the things, certainly, I heard as this was being developed, uh, first of all, as a private member's bill by them and then taken up by the government, well, you know, a lot of TDs and senators and local councillors will be very uh, happy to see this coming, to see that uh, these things are going to be required to take, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's not just saying I know this person and I know their family and their or I used family, to know which them. is a lot of. Yeah, very often actually those references often just say this person comes from a great family Mm. and those kind of things. So those are the kind of things that now I think this isn't a trivial thing anymore. And uh, and I think people will actually be happy if the pressure is off them in some extent, because, you know, at the, where, where there is something that is at risk, where you're making a sworn statement, which is perjury, if you get it wrong, and where you might be cross-examined on it as well then defendants will have to understand that they have to be careful and cautious in what they mm-hmm. ask people to say, more careful and cautious than some of those have been okay. in the past. Um, so I just think it's, in a sense, it's the only bit of it that wasn't subject to being scrutinised before, Andrea. So 
it, it brings that part of a hearing, the sentencing, it brings that into the same category of seriousness as the rest of the trial okay. has taken. M- Mary Crilly is on the line as well. Mary's the founder of the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork. Mary, I just want to go back to an earlier point that, that Barry made and, and Nolan, when you're sitting in a courtroom and, uh, you know, and, and, and going, going through um, your trial and somebody has been convicted and they're heading into the into the into the sentencing remit what like what is the impact on the victim of listening and hearing the character reference or the character witness statement like what is the impact on the victim of all of this are you there mary no, we'll try and try and reconnect perhaps uh, with Mary if we can. Well, yeah, so, Do you want to know so, in so Andrew, on that? Maybe I'll I, I pick that up a little bit because uh, Mary will, will be much more eloquent on it when, when, you get, when you get around the line again. But uh, just to say that it is a part where the whole problem with our justice system is that so much depends, in the area of sexual offences particularly, so much depends on the evidence of the victim of the crime along the way. Sometimes they're kind of the crucial witness. Sometimes even the other crucial party, the accused, will not say a word within the court system. And, And still the witness isn't seen as a major player. You know, it's still seen as the prosecution and the defence and and the victim is there to give their evidence and then kind of sit down. Um, So there's a very um, strong sense of being peripheral, of not being a proper part of proceedings where they're crucially involved. And so when it gets to this late stage of sentencing, then people feel really just... That they, that, that they're, that they have a conviction. There's a conviction there now. But in terms of the sentencing, they had no real sense of a right to okay. a voice before. M- Mary's on the line now. Mary, the, on that point of the, the impact, um, for the victim of, of hearing and listening to character, character reference statements being used, what's your experience of that? Okay. I mean, Nolene has been so clear as she very often is, as she always is because she's a good friend and colleague and advisor to me like over the years. Um, and what I would say from my position of being in the court, I so welcome this because I'm sitting in the court with a young woman who might have been raped by usually somebody in the community, usually somebody in the same group or the same club. Her son or her daughter might be in that same club. And then the chairperson comes up and says, this man's of good character. Now, in my opinion, if somebody has raped somebody and be found guilty by 12 good women and men in this city or in this country, he is guilty. And how anybody can say he's of good character is beyond me. Like there was a case last year in Cork where um, 11 character references were given from this man who was found mm-hmm. guilty of raping a nine-year-old boy and 61 charges of raping his partner. And the, all the references said he's a great father, he's a great man, he's a good friend. So you think, think they don't... Forget, you think, Mary, they don't, they're not relevant, is it? In, in, ge- in general terms, you think they're not relevant? I think they have to be scrutinised. I think somebody just, I think we forget that um, perpetrators groom not just the victim, but everybody around them. So I have no doubt that some of these people really thought he was a good guy, really thought because he's so charming and friendly that, you know, he was probably okay, really thought 
he served people very well or he was a good employee. He so groom everybody around him. Does it you mean know, that does it mean that often. does it mean then sir would the the idea just in, in a in a more general sense, Mary, that if you have somebody who you know, if if, if you were asked to give a character reference for, you know, X, Y or Z and you now face the, the potential of the prospect of being having to go to court and be cross examined about that character reference statement that you've that you've submitted for somebody. Is the is the fact that the the cross examination is that a deterrent, do you think, for people? Oh I hope so. I hope they everything twice. I mean, because somebody can't know somebody just because they're a neighbour or a friend or an employer. You only know them in that position. So really think people will think twice about it. And I totally understand how they're dragged into it. I totally understand the perpetrators often the person, as Nolie said, who goes around and asks for this and says, I'm really sorry, I'm in a bit of a mess here. I need you just to say how great I've been in work. Forget about everything else. And I'm tired of the time and the time needs to stop where people doing character references decide, I know nothing. I don't know what one I went on before. I don't know what I did to her or to that little boy or that little girl, but I know he's a good guy. That has to stop. Barry. And we really have to look out face on. Barry, when is this likely to uh, to come into force? Uh, I would think, in, um, I mean, the, I don't know a simple answer. It'll depend on how quickly it passes through the Oireachtas. But I know that Minister McEntee is anxious that it would become law. And, and I think the ambition is that it'll be in place by the end of the year. Um, but I think it'll do exactly as Mary says. Or it'll cause people to think carefully about what they say in character references. And that's exactly as it should be always. But possibly wasn't always. And so it's appropriate that we would have that. But um, like as Mary says, the the the, the and somewhat of an academic exercise from from lawyers' point of view insofar as the person might be of previous good character. And that's a very difficult thing to say if you're the victim of their of their appalling behaviour because you, you've seen quite the opposite. Um, but the difficulty from a judge's point of view is that he or she must balance up all of the factors that come to bearing on sentencing. So just for example... If it was the case the person had previous convictions for the same thing, that's a very serious aggravating factor and will give them a longer sentence as a result. Mm. And the other side of that coin is also true. And I suppose what a judge's job in, in a sentence hearing is is to hear all of that evidence. Uh, judges may well discount character references, they, but they may also take them seriously. Okay. And it's absolutely appropriate that they would be taken seriously when they're given yeah. and that the people who give them think carefully okay. about it. And I agree with what Nolina said about the, you know, those people who are often asked to give them, people who are in particular yeah. positions in society, uh, they probably will be grateful for the fact that they are now obliged to take it that bit more yeah. seriously. Okay. Criminal barrister and Fine Gael Senator Barry Ward, Nolene Blackwell from the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre and Mary Crilly also um, founder of the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork. Thanks for your time on the programme. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.